What's up, everyone? And welcome back to another edition of the show. It is episode 382, and I'm being joined today by 2023 U.S. Open champion at 92 kilograms, Mike Machiavella. Mike Mock, man, thanks for joining us again. How you doing today? Good, man. Just uh, finished practice at home now, you know, just hanging out. Excited to be on the show, man. Heck yeah, excited to have you here. Um, so you're, you know, you're one step from the world team, right? We all know you're in final X, you're waiting, your opponent will find out who that is this weekend. Um, but I'm curious, like, and I know you kind of, relatively speaking, you got a little bit later start in the sport. I'm curious when you first started paying attention to the world, the process, right, to make the world championships and like who was on the team or who was making the team or what do you remember, you know, roughly about that time? Who, who was making world teams when you kind of first popped on your radar? Um, you know, in high school, I, I kind of heard of Jordan Burroughs just from my teammates and Kale Sanderson, but it wasn't really something I followed much. I didn't really know a lot of wrestlers, didn't know a whole lot of NCAA champs um, or Olympic gold medalists. I actually had never even wrestled freestyle until I got to college. So I would probably say after my freshman year of college when I got to wrestle U23s um, and I went one and two, that I was like starting to pay attention to guys that were making teams and senior level teams. And um, then that was kind of when, you know, David Taylor and Dake had just kind of came up out of college. They had just graduated and they were trying to make teams and Jordan was beating them. And so, um, getting to follow on those. And, and there's just a lot of uh, awesome matches and competition that you kind of got to follow. And uh, But it wasn't until probably after my the end of my freshman year of college that I started to kind of pay attention to that stuff. Sure. Do you, so there was Dakin Taylor. Do you remember any of the bigger guys? Uh, uh, I remember I remember Jordan and Varner winning the Olympics. Um, okay. That That's what I remember uh, the most and kind of getting to watch those matches and uh, – on NBC and following that. But other than that, not a whole lot. Was that at the time, like, you know, so you're a freshman in college and you're thinking about being an All-American or an NCAA champion probably, right? Was mm-hmm. was world teams on your radar or even a thought that, like, hey, one day that's something I want to do? Or was that did that come then or did that come later? Uh, A little later because I was – my goal was to be an NCAA champion college, but I was still going back and forth mentally about like, uh, should I quit and try and play football? Should I try and walk onto the football team at state? And I was still kind of not ready to kind of let go and accept that, you know, football was on the back burner. And so I was still kind of flirting with the idea, not seriously, but it had still crossed my mind. And, um, and then when I really, really fully committed to wrestling and, after I'd asked Frank Beasley if I could try out for the football team and wrestle, and he said no, I was like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm all in on wrestling, and then kind of started to take that stuff seriously. And then after my redshirt junior year, losing the blood round and getting ready for my senior year, I was in my first year of grad school at State, my fifth year, the year I went into AA's. And I just remember thinking, like, I'm going to wrestle at the senior level until I finish grad school. and um, and then after that, probably switch to the next thing. Um, but I, I wasn't necessarily sure what that looked like. And then obviously my aspirations of winning an NCAA title came to fruition. And then I got to wrestle at the U23 trials and I won, but 
didn't get to wrestle because my birthday was in 94, even though I was still 23. Um, and then I got to go to national team camps, and that's when Snyder first asked me to be his training partner for Worlds in 2018. And then I got to wrestle match simulation with all those guys after I'd won NCAAs later that summer. And I just remember thinking, like, yeah, I want to do this. What was it about that that made you, you know, why did you say I want to do this? I just didn't think I was that far off. I felt like I was uh, uh, wrestling competitively. And um, I think guys liked wrestling with me also. I think that's part of the reason why Kyle asked me to go to Worlds with him that year. And then, uh, you know, I, I felt like uh, even the next year, Jaden asked me to be his training partner for Worlds. And then fast forward past the Olympic trials, Jaden took me to the World Championships uh, last year as his training partner. So I've been to the world championships three times as a training partner for Jaden and, and Kyle. And I felt like, uh, you know, I mean, to be asked on a consistent basis to go help those guys prepare for me felt like uh, there's a reason. And uh, I just felt like uh, I wanted to, to help them as best as I possibly can and be a good teammate. But uh at the same time, you know, as loyal as I am, I'm also ambitious, and I felt like, uh, you know, I, I want I want to be able to compete at that tournament as well. So, and now that, and now I'm trying to get there. So, and I feel like I'm I'm close. I can taste it. And now it's just a matter of continuing to prepare to the best of my ability and and take care of everything that's within my control to make sure I, I put myself in the best position possible. So does go in there with, with <clears throat> Kyle and Jaden like make it more realistic, more tangible? Like, oh, this is what it is. And maybe, maybe I can't, I can think I can do this, but otherwise it's just like a, a concept in your head that you don't really know what it, it looks and feels like. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, and, and I feel like I have respect from, from my peers, you know, when we train together at camps and, you know, all of us training together and stuff like that and, and having that respect and, and challenging each other and pushing each other. I feel like um, it's iron sharpening iron. And I very much feel like, you know, I've been close. I just haven't been able to kind of <clears throat> break through yet, you know, and uh, obviously you always want to break through sooner than you do, but it's kind of reminiscent of my high school career, my college career. You know, I didn't win a state title in high school until my last year. I didn't win an NCAA championship until my last year. And those took four or five years. And now I'm, going on my fifth year at the senior level and I made my first final X and I'm in a position to uh, make my first world team. So it's, um, to me, it's just a matter of like realizing like, man, things just take time and you got to be patient with yourself and just continue to stay persistent and determined. And um, usually when you work hard and you stick with something long enough, things start to kind of work in your favor. There's no guarantees in this sport, but uh, man, do your odds, odds start to go up the longer you stick with it. Yeah. It, I'm curious how those, you know, the, the high school career you talked about, the, the college career, and how this one's maybe starting to match up with in the way that those kind of went. Like, I'm sure you made mental jumps along the way in, in high school and then mental jumps along the way in college. And then uh, say, I'm, I'm, along with the physical, right? But I'm, I'm curious on the mental side, like where you've made the most jumps recently. Um. I think realizing that at this level, a coach plays a tremendous role in your development, but only so much. Um, 
at the end of the day, you have to take extreme ownership of your career, especially at this level. I mean, you have to be making the right decisions outside of the room, uh, sleep, diet, conditioning, um, consistency, discipline. And you do those things consistently enough over a long enough period of time, you begin to outwork your self-doubt. And your confidence comes from not a place of arrogance, but from a place of determination. Because you've sacrificed, you fight harder, man. You just, you give, it's it's a lot harder to break you. It's a lot harder to give up because I've you, you've given something up for for this and i feel like sacrifice is a non-negotiable it's a necessary it's a necessary component of the mental aspect because it builds that determination it builds that resilience and it it puts you in a position to fight harder because yeah you, you just know what you've done to prepare and and mentally i just feel like it puts you in a very very determined place and not obviously not to diminish coaches because they're they're extremely important. But maybe to what oh, you huge, said, huge. as you go on though, I w- I don't want to say is a coach, the coaching component less important. But I guess is 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 the the personal component more important if, if that makes sense. When you say personal component, like what's coming to mind? Uh, kind of what you described, right? Like. Uh, when you're just learning wrestling, you need the coach to teach you where to put your hands and how to do these things. And, and you still yeah. do, but maybe there's smaller changes. And, and is it, as they're more, is it more on you and what you do? Kind of the things you just described. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, but I think like in this particular case, let's say Adam Hall and Timmy McCall were pushing me in practice right and were preparing me and giving me the blueprint and helping me work on all the right things during training but let's say i come home and i don't have any control of my weight i'm eating whatever i want and um sleeping two hours a night and um not hydrating and i'm and i'm doing extra stuff just kind of not focused on recovery at all it's like i could be do everything everything perfect in practice but my weight's out of control and I cut weight improperly and now my legs are dead because I've had to run an hour and a half on the treadmill to get my weight down the day before competition and, you know, all this other stuff. There's so many parts that go into preparation. It's not just the coaching. It is very much like on you just as much as it is on the coaches. And so, you know, there's this saying that I heard in the past where it's like, Pray is everything depends on God. Work is if everything depends on you. And it's almost like you can parallel that to your coaches where it's almost like listen to your coaches as if everything depends on them, but work as if everything depends on you in a way where it's like you're doing the best you possibly can on both ends of the spectrum, and that's going to put you in the best position possible. Yeah. Uh, okay, so coming into this U.S. Open, you're seated third, Colin Moore and Nate Jackson, I believe, are, are seated ahead of you. I know you, you, you dropped two to, to Colin last year at the World Team Trials. Did you have a history with Nate? No, I had never wrestled Nate in uh, true competition. I mean, we had wrestled at uh, camp, but he was at 86 kilos at the time, and uh, that was a couple of years since I had wrestled him. And 
Uh, yeah, we had never wrestled in like live competition before. And uh, I mean, obviously he's done a tremendous job. He won the World Cup and he's been wrestling incredibly well uh, in the past two years and obviously developed a lot. So, um, you know, uh, I just kind of, no, I, I didn't really have much of a history uh, with Nate there, but I knew obviously that he was a, uh, an incredible opponent and, and someone that you you can't take lightly. You got to bring your best best to a, a, a match like that when you're wrestling someone like Nate. Yeah. Uh, where was your confidence level coming in? You know, like realistically knowing that you'd wrestled Colin a year ago and it didn't go great and Nate, Nate's really good. Um, were you like, I'm, I'm confident I'm going to win this or, or more like I believe I can, but maybe I'm not confident I will. I don't keep score, man. You could beat me 15 times in a row and it doesn't matter. Um, so <laughs> I love it. That was last year. That was last year. You could beat me the week before. And it's like, that was last week. You got to show up today too, homeboy. You know? So it's like, you know, I, uh, I just don't keep scoring. I, I'm a big believer in that. No match it. No match is the exact same. There's so many variables. There's so many things that go into preparation, health, uh, weight cut, recovery, sleep. I mean, there's so many different things that could play a factor in someone's performance. It's, you know, I just kind of, you, you put you forget about it. You have short memory and, and it's kind of, it's funny in football, we always talk about having short memory. You make a, you, you mess up on a play. It's like, you still got three more downs. You got to forget about it and get ready for the next down. And so I, I feel like, you know, part of that maybe is, you know, trickled over to wrestling that mentality, but yeah, man, I, I just, uh, I think the confidence what came from a practical place where it's like I really was doing everything I possibly could to prepare for the U.S. Open. And so my confidence came from I feel ready. I don't know how those guys feel, but I know how I feel and I'm ready to go, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, we have, I told you beforehand, we had the scoring highlight from last year. You said you like to forget about things. Here I am bringing it up. But I, I, I want to watch it. Like maybe just talk me through and we can play like and where was your confidence level coming into that match? Yeah, Matches. so uh, confidence, I'm always ready to scrap. You know, I'm always ready for a fight. But um, that was an interesting year. Uh, obviously, Colin has gotten an amazing offense, and he won two world ranking tournaments this past spring. And so, you know, there, there there's nothing I, I'm going to say that's going to take anything away from me. He wrestled incredibly well that weekend. Um, I think for me, part of what I felt – personally was I felt like I could have been in better shape and I could have prepared more leading into the tournament. And honestly, I think the mental space that I was in leading into that world team trials, feeling like I wasn't properly prepared endurance wise and et cetera, et cetera, made me so determined to make sure I had that box checked off this year. And I think the preparation leading into that competition and the performance that it led to played a huge role in the change that I made in my preparation leading into this open and the performance that that led to. Well, tell me, I mean, you're, you're the kind of guy who leaves no stone unturned. What, what, tell me about the preparation leading into 2022 world team trials and why did you not have confidence in, like, I think you said your endurance or, or certain things. Cause you know, yeah. Yeah, so it's not that I didn't have confidence. Um, 
I think too, I, you know, Colin and I have wrestled so much. I think a lot of that match had to do with like, I think a well-executed game plan. I think um, he did a great job kind of adjusting to matches that we had wrestled in the past. And, um, you know, even the Olympic trials the year before that, he, he had made awesome adjustments to where, you know, we had wrestling, wrestled each other in camp and we were competing super, super hard and, and I think he made adjustments a couple months prior. You know, we had wrestled each other RTC Cup a couple months prior to the Olympic trials, and you make adjustments. And so I think he made awesome adjustments um, going into that competition and executed them well. Uh, but I think for me, when I think about myself, um, you know, I didn't get to compete at the 21 World Team Trials. I uh, wasn't cleared medically. And then uh, that led to me not wanting to get the COVID shot. And then me not getting the COVID shot led to me not being allowed into the NC state practice room because the athletic department wouldn't allow those who weren't vaccinated, who were NCAA athletes. And so, <clears throat> you know, I was working out a, on a 10 by 10 mat um, at my house and working outside the facility. Um, and I hadn't been in the room from September all the way to right around the Bill Farrell the following spring. Um, wow. So, and uh, it was just interesting. And, uh, you know, I was doing technique and I was, you know, wrestling. But even then, I don't, I don't think that's an excuse. I think uh, I still, there was still like, I could have hit my bike more. I could have done more conditioning. I could have went for more runs. I could have had a cleaner diet. And so like in the room, not in the room, I think, preparation wise, I still could have been more disciplined and I could have taken more ownership of my process leading into the competition. So, but, but that did play a huge role. And like I said, that's, that's not an excuse, but it was just, it was just different. It was just uh, not a normal year for me. And then after the feral, I got back in the room for like two weeks and then I wrestled the open. And then I remember at my interview at the open thinking, I said in my interview after I wrestled Joe Rao, saying, you know, I felt like I'm wrestling well, but I, I feel like a big focus for mine leading the trials is is shape. I want to make sure I'm in better shape for the trials. And you know, I, I did my best, but um, it's such a small window. And uh, I think, it, I think, um, yeah, I just could have started sooner. You know what I mean? And this year I just made sure I started sooner. So I, I, I don't know that I knew that you were out of the room. I knew I know there was restrictions and get the shot or don't get the shot. And people are, I think the OTC might have been shut down for a while as well. Uh, but So you're you're wrestling on a 10 by 10 in, I don't know, your garage or something. Uh, I'll are show you, it to you right now. Yeah. Did you have consistent partners? Was that hard to find people to come train with you? That's it. Two bikes. Like wrestling wise, or what's it like wrestling on that mat? Ah, uh, it's impossible. I mean, it, no, I mean you can't go crazy hard, but I mean you That's can still I mean. do stance in motion. You can do um, technique. Uh, you still get a good sweat. It actually gets pretty humid in there, and uh, I mean it, it, it's not as bad as you think. I, I think uh, Nick Lee tweeted something the other day. It's like you can get better wrestling. All you need is a pair of shoes, and uh, I think. I agree with that. You know what I mean? It, you don't have to have the perfect situation. I think, you know, we're lucky 
as Americans to to have the resources and the facilities and access to all the things that we have access to. But you look at some of these other countries and when you get to travel overseas and, you know, we have, you know, the best of the best in terms of training situations and these other countries sometimes don't, but they still perform at an extremely high level. And it's like, you know, why is that? Could you wrestle so live? Bu- Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. There's yeah. class. There's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So like, I, you could yeah. stance motion all day. Yeah. So, so I would I would sometimes go to like a local club or uh, some place where there was a bigger mat, and I would try and I would I would work in some live there. Um, and you know the NC State coaches were still, uh, you know, sending me practice plans and stuff that you know they were doing, and sometimes I I would, you know, maybe be able to get my hands on the college guy and but there was so much so much restrictions there was so it was so strict in terms of like what was and wasn't allowed during that time and as things started to kind of settle down it got a little bit easier yeah and and maybe harder (laughs) physically (laughs) right which which makes which makes the matches easier uh, I used to, I coached for a while. I used to always say, the harder it is in here, the easier it's going to be on the mat. You know, like, hundred percent. Make it as hard as you can in here, and, and you know, you're you're going to see that pay off. Um, and obviously, you got uh, back. You have something to say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and like I said, man, um, I don't think that's why I lost. I think uh, I think Colin had a, a well executed game plan, and I think he he did a good job putting it together and. You know, as much as I would love to say it, <laughs> I wasn't completely repaired. That's the reason why I think, you know, it's, it's you know, those guys are good competitors and I can't take anything away from those guys. So. Absolutely. Um, but fast forward to this year, right? You, you're out of that little 10 by 10. You're in a real room <laughs> for an extended period of time, having real practice. And, and let's pull out. I want to watch this finals match from, I guess, about three weeks ago. And kind of the same thing as before. We can just let this one rip, uh, Nico, our producer. We can watch this and talk me through this. Tell me what you're thinking. You know, how I was just excited, man. Uh, I felt really confident. It was more so just trust yourself. You're ready. You've done everything right. You've prepared to the best of your ability. Just let it go and uh, wrestle hard. And I had a game plan, and so I wanted to make sure that I, I, I tried my best to stick to that. And uh, I think I did a good job trying to execute what I had in mind. And then I think I also just did a good job of wrestling hard for a full six. I wanted to make sure that that's what I did. And um, yeah, so that's kind of my mentality. It was just kind of be yourself, be you, go out there and be you. Yeah. What was your, can you tell us your game plan? Nope. <laughs> we just have to watch. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah so I don't want to, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. No, no, no. My job does. Yeah. Um, of course. I'll, I'll, can I give you some advice? Yeah, please. Need, need a tighter tighter hair bun. Dude, holy <laughs> cow. I felt like I was eating my hair. And then the worst part is, I think I was watching the match back. I watched it. That was a really nice that was really nice track by the, the way. Opposite side, that yeah. was beautiful. I just remember thinking like, damn. I would have thought <laughs> That was smooth, man. Um, but I just remember watching a part of the match, and I felt like I saw like a clump of hair just kind of slowly float to the mat, like a piece of tumbleweed. And I'm just like, dude, I gotta, 
either braid this or cut it off. You're going to braid it up I, for Final X? Yeah, I am. I braided it for for Pan Ams, and it was a night and day difference. I didn't have hair on my face. I didn't have to worry about it, and it, it made a huge difference. So I'm definitely going to do that again for Final X. There you go. Awesome. He tried yeah. it again. Made an adjustment yeah. that time. Yeah. Now you short offense. Yeah. You just put him here, on just the defense. Sure, like, yeah, and and I feel like I, I do a good job in the short offensive position, capitalizing on opportunities. And so you know when when I felt like I I had those opportunities, I wanted to make sure I, I went a hundred percent and try my best to get to them. Yeah. You know, you get some, you you some you score, some you don't, but either way, you make the guy work, um, no matter who it is, and. Uh, it pays dividends later in the match too. So, yeah, nice adjustment from the. You know, he gave up that first one. He basically tried the same thing. He shut it down the second time. Thanks. Yeah, no, man. Colin's really good, man. He's a he's got an amazing offense. He's a great competitor. I mean, obviously, you don't win two world ranking tournaments out of sheer luck. So, um, you know, I think we got a great group of guys at ninety two kilos and. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to be in the position that I am. You know, I feel like I'm really close and I can taste it. And, and uh, yeah, it just it feels nice, man, to, to finally, you know, it's my first Final X. I haven't made a Final X before, so it feels good to kind of get to the next step. And so just focused on taking advantage of the opportunities that are in front of me and capitalizing when they're there. And I feel like I have an opportunity in front of me and now I need to do whatever it takes to capitalize. Sure. Um, and this crowd, like, you know, they, they changed the format, right? Uh, US Open goes straight to Final X, and they changed the schedule so that the, the senior men's freestyle is before, um, I think the U17 and U20, so you had a bigger crowd. Did you did you feel any of that? Like, that's the biggest US Open crowd I've seen since I've been watching. Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. You know, for me, it almost takes the nerves away, I feel like, for me in a weird way, you know, I, I don't know what it is about the crowd, but it, I just feed off of it so well. And I love it, man. It puts me in like a different zone where it's like, I don't even care what, what's going on or how I feel. I just, I just stay present and I just kind of feed off of the energy of the crowd. And I'm just excited to be in front of a bunch of people and, and, let it fly, man. And, you know, for me as a competitor, I love those type of environments, you know, world team trials last year, it wasn't as many people. And, uh, you know, I don't think that affected my performance at all, but you know, when there is a huge crowd, I feel like it definitely elevates me. Heck yeah. And yet you clearly rise, been rising to the occasion. That was a nice one. Thanks. Yeah. Just kind of, uh, capitalize on trying to, create an angle and, and, you know, getting close to the edge. So working the zone. And I think he was trying to not step out and it put me in a position to kind of capitalize and get in on that double and just decided to keep running through wrestling. Really, again, just wrestling really, really hard, man. Yeah. I think they didn't give it at first. Right. And then Sammy Julian on the right, he's basically one of the head officials. I think he said, Hey guys, <laughs> guys, that was two. Oh, yeah. I was like, man, that's definitely got to be two. If they wouldn't have given me two, I would have been very confused. Yeah, it, it almost looked like you were, like, going for the one at the last second. You're like, hey, I'm just going to keep going and, and try to make two out of this. Yeah, yep. Just kind of fell into it and, and just went with it. 
Yeah. That's solid. We're, t- we're tied 2 2. You know, is there any, are you thinking, well, what are you thinking here? Um, just continue to wrestle hard, be incredibly active. And, um, obviously I, I know the situation where, you know, I have the lead on criteria. So, um, I know, I mean, he's going to come regardless. He's going to come even if he has lead or even if he's from behind. So for me, it's just sticking to my game plan and making sure I'm executing that. And again, just wrestling super, super hard. And I felt like even here, like I'm looking for scoring opportunities. I had an underhook. I wanted to look at th- for a throw by. Didn't really get it, but um, just continue to, to to look for opportunities. And obviously he keeps coming. So whether it's me getting to offense or whether it's me looking for counter offense, just look for those opportunities. Yeah. And you know, like you said, you're, you're making them work in these short offense positions. You're, you're defending and then attacking like almost in one. Yeah. You know, I, I never want to stop wrestling. I want to wrestle through every single position to the best of my ability for the full six minutes. And so not taking an exchange off and, just remaining incredibly active <clears throat> with my feet and my hands, always looking for scoring opportunities. You know, I feel like I'm a big pace guy. So you use, use that. That was big. Cause he hit that. We watched that clip from the world team trials. He hit that same, same uh, little pick on you. Yeah. From before. And now. Lay city. Did you know you had it? Like, I guess at what point did you, like, I got this lace where I want it? After uh, the first one? Was it before the first one? Was it after the second? I think it was after the first one. Rolling yeah. into the second one, I felt, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I think I, I, think I got this tight. Um, and uh, there was still a good amount of fight on the second one. And once I got – through the second one, I was like, just keep going, just keep going, just keep going until until the ref stops you. Yeah. You know, I wasn't 100% sure at what point I had the tech, but I just wanted to score as many points as possible in that exchange. Because obviously when you're wrestling elite guys and you get opportunities like that, you got to capitalize the best of your ability because, you know, they're going to keep coming. And so just executing as best as I could there and, you know, I, and I did, thankfully, and I felt, obviously, me, I went crazy. You know, I started letting out that yell. And I think part of that is because uh, I just felt like no one really had me favored in that match. Not not no one, I think. Uh, but, you know, you look at the last three times we've wrestled each other, you know, he's won. And so, for me, that yell was – more so for just the emotion that I've 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 put a lot of work into this and I and then it was also like a doubt me again. You know what I mean? Doubt me again, please. You know, for for the people who didn't have me favorited to win the open, it was very like um, you know, yeah, it's just kind of like I'm a competitor, man. Like I, I'm a nice guy, but and and I and I try and be you know kind and respectful to everybody. But for six minutes, I try and be as mean. I try and I want to break people in half, and that sounds crazy, but it's like 
it's a fight, man. It's a dog fight out there. And there's nothing nice about it. And for me, yeah, I, I'm respectful and, and I can keep my composure. But, I mean, we're, we're, we're elite competitors out there. We're not trying to be kind with each other and play patty cake the whole time and, and have a tea party. It's very much like we're trying to hurt each other. And, and, you know, we all have our own dreams and somebody's dreams got to die. And you're either going to concede and just give it up or you're going to fight for it. And I'm a fighter, man. So every time you see me out on that mat, you can expect a fight. Heck yeah. Uh, so this weekend we're going to, you know, we're going to find out yeah. your opponent. I'm looking at the seats here. Colin Moore in order, right? One, two, Colin Moore, Nate Jackson, Zahid Valencia, Eric Schultz. Um, maybe it's unfair for you to, who who you think you might see or who you care to see. I'm sure you say bring them all. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I, I'm just focused on, on my preparation, man. Um, just staying consistent and making sure that I, I'm making the right decisions to put myself in the best position possible and get myself ready. Um, I think there's going to be some great matches, though. And I think what's going to be interesting, too, is it's in Colorado Springs where it's 6,000 feet above sea level. You know, you have that elevation, so it'll be interesting to see if that plays a factor in someone's conditioning or plays a factor in the match. You know, you got some really, really explosive guys and – Nate, Zahid, and Colin, and then you got a pace guy in Schultz, um, and Aiello wrestles tough too. He wrestles hard, and um, you know, does that play a role? Does it not play a role? You know, you, you never know. But it'll just be interesting to see. I'm uh, I'm excited for June 10th, and and I know whoever comes out of out of the World Team trials is going to bring their best. You know, and I and and they're not going to take this weekend lightly and, and they're coming for the world team spot too. You know, these guys are hungry. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's a, uh, it's tough. I don't want to pick anybody either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't think you would. Uh, I, 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 without asking, I'm assuming you're confident you you're going to make the world team. You can make the world team when, you know, did you feel that way a year ago? Did you feel that way two years ago? When did, you know, when did you say, Hey, no, this is, I can do this. Um, I feel like, I feel like, um, for me, I felt like in 2018, when I made the U23 team and I got to go as a training partner to the world championship for the first time, and I got to see everything. I felt like, I felt like then I could do this. Um, I thought I was close then, and then, yeah, you know, you get frustrated, and when you don't make a team, you you constantly reevaluate, and you figure out, you know, what do I got to change? What do I got to fix? What do I got to get better at? And and you're constantly trying to refine yourself, and then you fall short again, and then you go through the same process, and you fall short again. And it kind of gets like a little discouraging. You know, I had a, I went to a WWE trial at the end of November and I got offered a WWE contract with NXT and they wanted me to move and start in Orlando, February 13th this year. And 
they were really excited about me starting and and I was pretty excited about the opportunity too. And I remember, you know, saying like, in order for that opportunity to work for me, you know, I, I, I've got to, I, I would have to be able to have support to, to finish this uh, wrestling pursuit through the Olympic trials. And they were asking me, you know, what's the timeline? And I told them realistically what the timeline was. And they said, you know, that's going to be tough realistically. You know, I'm not sure if that we'll be able to do that, you know, give us an answer by Monday. And uh, man, I was, going back and forth just a bunch like what do I do you know like do I go ahead and transition to the next thing or do I see this dream through and you have to ask yourself a lot of tough questions like well first of all if you do turn it down and the opportunity doesn't present itself a year from now and let's say this is the only chance that you have with this company do you realistically think you have a chance to see the other dream through and is it is it worth the pursuit of turning the other down and and seeing it through? And you got to really ask yourself some hard questions and and really get honest because those are big decisions that kind of dictate the trajectory of your life. One looks like this, and the other looks like this, and uh, it was one of the hardest decisions I've had to make, man. And uh, I ended up deciding to see this dream through all the way through 2024. I felt like I put so much work in and the trials is only a year away. It's next April, you know, so it's less than 12 months away. And I was like, you know, you work hard and, and you're, you're only less than a year away from the next trials. It's like, you know, are you going to look back 20 years from now and think, you know, what if I did go all in, you know, what would have happened or what would that have looked like? And I just didn't want to have any regrets. And for me, just bet on yourself, man. Oh, yeah. Double down, man. Double down, dude. And uh, it's scary, man, because there's no guarantees in this in this life and in this sport. And, you know, you make the decision. You're like, did I make the right decision? I don't know. You know, and, and I think – it feels worth it now, obviously, with the way things have gone the past couple of weeks. And but it's like that saying, burn the ships and storm the castle, where you, you exhaust other options and you turn every other option away, like this is the only one left. You have to go all in so you don't have any regrets 20 years from now. And I feel like since February, I've just been storming the castle. I've I've been all in, man, because I have to be. I, I, I'm betting on myself and I feel like I got no other choice. And so it, it takes courage and it's, it's not easy, but it's worth it regardless of what happens because sometimes people go through life with aspirations and goals and dreams and they never take a chance because it's scary and the odds may not be stacked in their favor, but you know, at least I'll be able to say 20 years from now, I took a chance and I, I had the balls to give it a shot, regardless of what ends up happening. And, uh, you know, my hope and encouragement to people who, who are following or, or are listening to this episode today is, man, bet on yourself. Take a chance, man. Like, it's not like you get time, ba time back. You know, you, it, it, it's hard. It's scary. But at the end of the day, what's the worst that can happen? You fail. You still got people that love you. You still got a roof over your head. It's not like you're missing any meals. So it's like, 
get up and try again. And if it doesn't work out, then sorry, you still got other options, you know, so take a chance. And I feel like that's what I'm doing, man. I feel like I'm taking a chance and uh, I'm just really thankful that things are turning out the way they are so far. And I'm just going to continue to take a chance, man. Dude, that's, that's amazing. That's, and that's awesome. And, and I'm super pumped that, you know, you, you decided to take a chance and maybe after 24, win the Olympics, don't go anywhere in between, you know, hopefully you have another opportunity, um, have another opportunity to, to get to the WWE if that's what you want to do. So, yeah. Um, that's so we'll awesome, see, man. man. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. And, uh, Thanks, man. and that's, that's, that's kind of kind of run us to the end of the line here, but I, I just want to say, Thanks a lot for coming on the show today. Thanks for sharing that with us, everything, but especially this part about the WWE. I actually, looking back, I remember seeing you at some kind of tryout. Just, you know, clips that you to try out. So that's awesome. Um, I, I'm going to leave you with, with, the, with the final word, though, to say anything you want to say before we let you get out of here. Um, yeah, just... Uh... Yeah, just don't be afraid to take a chance on yourself. That's it. You know, yeah. that's for anybody who's listening today, you know, uh, it's scary. Trust me. I was afraid a little bit too. <laughs> you want it to work out, but you're not going to know, man, until you at least try. And so just, just try it. Just give it a shot. You know? Heck yeah. Give it a shot. Bet on yourself. Mock, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Appreciate it. Best of luck. We'll, we'll see you in New Jersey here in just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Thanks, man. I'm excited, right. man. Yeah, thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, you too. All right, folks. Mike Machiavello, great show, great guy, and uh, betting on himself. So we're excited. We'll see him on June 10th at uh, Final X, and we'll find out who his opponent is this weekend. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.